gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is July 5th, episode number 19. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly here, one day after the 4th of July. You have a good one? Well, I, I did. Let's introduce right. our guest. Yeah, here, absolutely. So. Let's, uh, let, Carlo is here, my friend, good friend Carlo is here. Uh, did you have a good 4th of July? I really did. Excellent. Thank you guys for having me on board. Well, I excellent. really appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. I mean, you're, you're more than welcome. If you love horror movies, we'll talk to anybody. <laughs> absolutely. You're a listener well, too, anybody. right? You're a listener of the podcast as well? <laughs> yes, I am. What do you think so far? I think uh, very good. Um, I, I wish I were sitting in so I had could have some criticism. Like you uh, did a an episode that covered um, uh, things that Karen Black should be in, and um, I, I wanted to be in studio raising my hand saying Karen Black trilogy of terror. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, wasn't she? Is she the actress that was in Indiana Jones too? No, that was Kate. Oh, I'm sorry. Which one? Which uh, the first one? Marion Ravenwood would have been Karen Allen. Oh, okay, I get them mixed up <laughs> yep. all the time. Sorry about that. Um, uh, other anthology. Than- <laughs> that was it. The well, anthology episode. And now you get your chance. You can you can uh, argue with us all you want now. Yeah, we we can we can do that. <laughs> I, if, if we have time at the end of the podcast, let's talk about it. Yeah, sure. I'm good with that. Horror movie news. Okay. Um, well, let me let me introduce Carl a little bit more. Oh, I just okay, want to talk fine. to you about about who he is, and and I got to say, my memories of you know watching horror movies really have a lot to do with you know watching a lot of them in your in your parents' basement. <laughs> I, I saw the I first saw Army of Darkness with this guy. Oh yeah, uh, down there. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> seminal for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I distinctly remember like a lot of imp- impactful movies that I saw with you. I spit on your grave was one we watched down there. That was yes. I saw that with you the first time. Uh, shame. Castle Freak. <laughs> John, there's no shame here. No, we, no, John, not at all. Exactly. And, uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. We watched right. quite a few times down there. And then I think you know you and I saw pretty much all of the horror movies in the mid to late '90s in the theater together. Yeah. Like we always used to go to Demon Night, American Werewolf in Paris. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, that <laughs> I, we I liked it. I think we saw the Blair Witch Project together, didn't yeah. we? That Scream. was terrifying. Yeah. It was at the time, like mm-hmm. we said, and I, I got to give you know Troy to our friend Troy. I think he he listens actually also, but uh, you uh, he and I watched a lot of horror t- together too. But uh, you were definitely a huge inf- influence on my enjoyment of horror movies and helped facilitate that. And you were a person who I could always talk to and felt comfortable, even the most deviant kind of horror movies. <laughs> so, welcome to Horror for you, and it's good to have you on. Yeah, Thank it, you really, so much. it really is. And and you're more than one. Anytime you want to come into the discussion, I'm sure you're going to be talking with Andy about movies that we have coming up you're more than welcome to come in uh we, we we like our friends here and it helps with the podcast as far as people coming on in and, and, and chiming in giving their opinion about things um absolutely yeah we're gonna have a pretty pretty good discussion about Should a classic <laughs> exactly but this is how we do it we started with horror movie news right. and then we do yeah horror trivia. movie news not a whole lot this week actually um Annabelle Comes Home is at $31 million. James Wan could pretty much print his own money with that series, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Child's Play, which we talked about, uh, brought in about $23 million so far. Uh, both of those are profitable now, so we might see sequels of both of them. Oh. Midsummer comes out today. See, I'm excited about Very this. excited and, about and that. I, I'm one of those types that really, it doesn't bother me to get something spoiled. Because I like to read the synopsis and get more of a, I guess, more of a broad 
review of it to be able to go yeah i absolutely want to go see and i'm still surprised i still enjoy the ending you know with those twist endings i think i'm with you i used to want to stay completely unaware but now i'm like no i i want to know what i'm getting yeah still enjoy it though so i i'm taking the opposite approach in this movie i haven't read anything about it there's all sorts of articles and stuff I, I want to go into it blind and and see what the movies. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I might do Annabelle and Midsummer, uh, and then uh, maybe we'll talk about those after our 20th episode next week. Yeah, that, that um, that'll be good. And I, I've got a big festival coming up, so we're going to do our right. 20th episode on Tuesday of next week, which yes. is the listener's choice. Absolutely, and we're going to talk about. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, yes, which uh, Nicole suggested for Nicole us, Adams. and then Jason uh, Pennington requested or suggested Open Grave or Graves? Is it Graves? Two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get the movie right. Don't worry, Jason. But it's a uh, it's a zombie movie that we're we're going to be talking yes. about. So, all right, horror movie trivia. You got one for this week? I, I got one. Okay, uh, horror movies are shown to burn more calories in the human body more than any other genre of movies. What are the top five, or if you can name off maybe two or three, we'll go with Carlo. For me to think of what I've probably burned the most calories to watching, uh, recently, probably last summer, A Quiet Place was a nail biter, and my heart rate was up. That was great. Uh, Is it on the list? I I think it's in the top 20, but not in the top five. Okay. So, um, I, I got to say Chainsaw. That, that's original gotta be or remake? Origin, the original, definitely. The, the remake made me fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> number six. Uh, number it six. Was, huh? It was number six. The okay. top five. Saw, you burn 133 calories. <laughs> Alien at number four, 152. Exorcist at number three, uh, 158. Mm-hmm. Jaws at number two, 161. And the number one calorie-burning horror movie, the movie we're going to discuss today, The Shining, at 181 really? calories. Wow. Okay. I'm surprised about that. I am very surprised. Good time. But, all right. My trivia question, the John Lennon song, uh, which is also a fa- favorite of our friend Troy, mm-hmm. inspired the title of The Shining, or this John Lennon song should be. This one I for sure know. Yeah. I'll go so, ahead. Oh, um, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's Instant Karna, Karma with uh, the Frozen Ono Band. Oh, you even got that part. Very nice. Yes, Instant well, Karma, the part where he says we all shine on. That's oh, where the so, shining comes so from. I should have known that because I'm a DJ and I work in music, so <laughs> I should have done Carlos. Yeah, very nice. All right, so we're going to talk about The Shining, 1980 movie. I uh, just rewatched it uh, recently. It was also a miniseries from 1997. You watched yep. that? I did. You've seen that Steven one. Steven Weber plays uh, Jack Torrance in that. Really? Okay. Very nice. And yeah, Rebecca De Mornay is the wife. He's the guy from oh, Wings, yeah. right? Yeah, he's yeah, the younger okay. brother, the okay. kind of wry, wily younger brother. <laughs> okay. So, how, just real quick, how does it compare to the movie? We're not going to talk a lot about it, but... It's not as good. No? Okay. Um, I'm certain it is more true to the source material, okay. but as far as calories burned or just general enjoyment it doesn't match up where was it on was it on like tbs or something Jeez, back no then? i think I, like i think it was abc it was okay so it's not yeah so it's so it wasn't like a netflix type miniseries it couldn't go too far with it no it was not really. it had to uh live within the bounds of the fcc just like we do here on horror for yeah exactly okay <laughs> so all right that's interesting uh i've never read the book i don't think you have either i have not so we're coming straight from the um from the uh perspective of the movie here we don't uh, we aren't 
I, I can talk a little bit about what I know about the book, but uh, none of us have you ever read the book, John? I haven't. The only okay. the only Stephen King book I've ever read was Pet Cemetery. It scared okay. the living poop out of me. I, really? I mean, because okay. I was I was a teenager. I was like thirteen years old mm-hmm. and really getting into books and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that was the only Stephen King book I wrote. And I I thought it was freaky, but I do have a quote from Stephen King about okay. the nineteen eighty movie that we are going <laughs> yeah. to discuss. When did you say this quote? Uh, I actually just pulled it out today. I think okay. it was somebody asked him again about it yeah. in a recent interview. He says, I think The Shining is a beautiful film and it looks ter- terrific. And as I've said before, it's like a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside it. Hmm. Heard this quote. In that <laughs> sense, when it opened, a lot of reviews weren't very favorable and I was one of those reviewers. I kept my mouth shut at the time, but I didn't care for it much. And he went, goes on to say something about the arc of the Jack character. There was no okay. arc to it. So. Right. Sure. He started out like an deranged yeah, that's almost my, yeah, and yeah. Uh, went Shh. a little further. Exactly. Should we do a synopsis in the movie? You wanna, yeah, let, you, you want, can you tell us what it's about? Or yeah, do you want me to do it? Quick synopsis quick. of this is what the yeah. movie's about. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, the storyline starts out with a middle-aged couple and their young son um, moving to the mountains in Colorado uh, because the patriarch has uh, gotten a new job and they are going to look out over the overlook for the winter when everything (laughs) is shut down. And once all the staff is gone, madness ensues between the three and actually the entities or energies within the hotel and it is a wild ride to watch <laughs> yep so this guy uh jack torrance's name is in in the uh story uh gets hired to look after this hotel and uh he's had some problems with uh drinking he may have may have hurt their son at one point yep. uh so there's a little tension going on right there he gets hired uh by the overlook hotel to look look after it over the winter and uh, yeah like like uh, oh and and they they preface it by saying someone in 1970 which uh i guess would be 10 years before this uh ended up killing their two daughters and wife with an axe and then shooting themselves in the head with a shotgun which I don't know where at the Overlook Hotel they have the shotguns, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a must, really have, must have brought his own, right? Yeah, what's the uh, <laughs> yeah plot? The, 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 there's a thing in the plot right there. That's <laughs> so, what, well, that's one? not not the only one, but um, so I think I, I I agree with that that sentiment that Stephen King uh, says. This is a wait, hold on, I'm going to stop that real, okay. real quick, only because that's the first time he's ever agreed with Stephen King on this podcast. I think that's ever. true. Yes, I, ever. I, I do not generally like Stephen King movies. And, uh, How I'm, do you like non-traditional horror uh, Stephen King? Uh, I'm thinking Dolores Claiborne, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, um, so yeah, Shawshank is okay. I don't, I don't mind that one. I just don't find them all that scary. And that's... that's well, they're not. And, you know... Um, and I haven't seen Dolores Claiborne to be honest with you, so that's probably one thing that's another thing that should revoke my horror card. But um, I, I really think this is a well done movie. This is a excellent movie from a camera work, uh, directing perspective. Obviously, um, the helicopter shot in the beginning, beautiful, is amazing. Yeah, I, I can't 
I don't know how they got that done in the in the seventies with all, like drunk. I mean, I, like how they didn't kill anybody take, making that shot. The guy's like right next to the cliffs. He comes right up on the bumper of that VW. It's and it has an amazing to be on some shot. Massive seventy millimeter camera. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I mean, it starts out with that shot. It's just amazing. And then the Overlook Hotel itself is a you know the uh, exterior of it is some pla- some like ski lodge and. Uh, by Mount Hood in Oregon, or uh, where is it? I believe that? Yeah. it actually existed, but I mm-hmm. thought they also constructed the facade um, somewhere else as okay. well. I, I can't speak to. So, that. so I think I think what what I read and uh, is is that the exterior was this place in in Mount Hood, and then the interior shots were all constructed uh, as sets in England. Okay. And uh, so the inside obviously looks very different from the actual exterior location. And the, there's no maze there. Uh, there's no hedge maze at this at this hotel. But the the, the location, the shots, it, it, amazing. Uh, as an art film, I think it's 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 fantastic. Uh, I Absolutely. think I think like uh, King, this is supposed to be the, st- the story of a descent into madness. And like Stephen King said, it starts out. And maybe it's because I'm used to seeing Jack Nicholson in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and stuff, but I thought he acted like a nut job right away when he's in that interview. <laughs> so. Yeah. If he starts out in five and goes to 11, that, yeah. that's fine with me. I know uh, it was probably, it would have been better if he started out at a zero and went to the 10. And maybe that's not what the story's about, but um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's. Maybe that's fine. It's just what I'm looking for in this, knowing what the plot is, is is, uh, is looking for a descent into that. And, and I, I felt like Jack Nicholson is, you know, Jack Nicholson right away. You know, he's, <laughs> he's kind of uh, the character he was in um, in uh, Easy Rider and, and uh, um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like right away. And maybe it's just because I'm used to seeing that. But he's, he seems... Uh, just a bit of like a bit of a nut job right away and it's it's by the time he's being a nut job it's like well yeah that's who this guy is. <laughs> i kind of agree i i think it would have shown his real act because to me jack nicholson is one of the greatest actors ever Certainly. but but it, you know and if we're going to do kind of a comparison of what we talked about before is that nicholas cage always plays that really extreme melodramatic character and i i think to a lesser extent Jack Nicholson does too, but I, I I liked him in Chinatown, oh, yeah. like where he was just a deadpan kind of uh, you know a, a detective. And if that kind of was him, like the straight laced, you know, just straight character, and then became kind of like the arc of of you know you don't know what he was like when he was an alcoholic and could have really just sure. hurt his son a lot, and just been like, hey, you know, I'm a great guy, but but I, I I'm in kind of agreement that he's he's already kind of there. Yeah. Like yeah. When you see him. So remember this movie in the '90s? I think it was just called Wolf that he was in. Was that the one that also had Michelle Pfeiffer? I think so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember. So thinking I felt it was a lot like, of fun. Yeah. I, I I remember liking it a lot. I'm not sure how it stood the test of time or what the ratings are, but I thought he did a lot better job being transformative in that. Like starting out in that movie, he was like an old man, you know, and, and he transformed into like this uh, wolf and he was kind of his crazy self again in, mm. in that. So I felt like he did a better job in that movie uh, than this of being someone who changes over the movie, um, I guess. But that sounds right, except um, if I remember right, that movie is a Jack Nicholson movie. 
Sure. This is a Kubrick movie you're featuring right. Jack Nicholson. Sure, you're absolutely, yeah. and that's a good point. So, what do you like? Of, I mean, what are what are some of your favorite things about this movie? And what, why? I mean, you're, you're telling you've told me that this is one of your favorite films. Right? It absolutely is. Yeah. So, so what's what's so great about it? It's funny you ask that because it <laughs> is intangible. It's a mm-hmm. slow moving melodrama that uh, is just a slow burn, and it's. It, I, I guess that's what it is. It's the slow reveal of a guy going from 5 to 11, mm-hmm. um, captured by a, a master director. Man, I, I wish I had a better answer because it's totally engrossing to me, but I can't put my thumb on a better answer. You're a person who likes a slow burn. I love a slow I mean, burn movie. Yeah. But again, this is way too slow. And <laughs> that's my contention like, with like, it, too. You know, I, I I love the characters. As melodramatic as Shelley Duvall was in this, um, she's very protective of her son. And, and, you know, Jack Nicholson just starts going off on her for no reason. I mean, there's no alcohol in there. But but all of a sudden, you know, he's drunk or he, drunk with power, just going into this madness. And the darkness of that place, of everything that happened there, kind of builds on him. But... It slowly gets there. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, slow, and yeah. I'm with Andy a little bit when it's more of an art film to me. It's 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 got those horror elements because there are three things you remember about this movie, and they're great. Yeah. You remember the... the, the Bloody walls. Yeah, so. the, the waterfall <laughs> right. of blood. Right. Yep. You remember Here's Johnny. Yep. And you remember the twins. Yep. Yep. And I would say you remember the big wheel, and you probably remember the, give me the bat. Give me the bat. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm, I'm just going to bash your <laughs> brains in. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I think, and the hedge maze. I, I guess that there are a lot of things to remember. Yeah. And, and to me, the, the, the horror elements were there. I just, when I was younger, I loved this movie. I, mm. I loved the acting. I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, there was cursing in it. There was blood in it. I loved that part of it. But as I got older and watched it, I'll say that it is a classic, but not the ultimate classic for me this this is not a movie that's in my top top 10 i think i'm too impatient for kubrick's work i mean are you a kubrick fan you like his other stuff i mean we i think we both like a clockwork orange oh certainly i think that's a that's a great movie not in the horror genre but i like most of them i don't like barry Lyndon. i do like spartacus i um I really well eyes wide shut. So eyes wide shut is, 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 is okay. Does. So that I, I, was yeah. that is the movie I'm going to refer to here. That is a movie that I sat in my seat and I was just like, when is something going to happen here? You know, just get on with it. Well, that you know, and that's is the culmination of the film. Yeah, with the last. <laughs> right. you remember the last line of the film? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we can't and, say and, it no, here. right? No, no. But, <laughs> but in th- th- that's what the slow and, burn of that one is. Right. Is we just right. got so here. Here's and I, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. I watched. Um, I watched uh, uh, the Changeling. Oh, great! La- last drive-in with Joe Bob Riggs. He actually oh, yeah. he did this movie, and he brought up the point of George C. Scott and I forgot his wife's name. Um, they were in every movie together, and they said uh, he said, you know, the love scenes between uh, um, people that are either not married or getting divorced, they're great. <laughs> But when they're married, they are awful. There's no chemistry because they go home and they they talk about the scene. No, don't do that thing with your hand. When you put it up into my hair, that <laughs> right. just annoys me. No, and that's that. There's no spontaneity to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that for, for the Sorry, eyes wide I, I shut. Yeah, that, you know, eyes no. wide shut. Nicole Kidman. But, yeah. Cruz, so. yeah, no, that, I, that's kind of. Go ahead. I I think you're right. Um, 
there are people that just wouldn't work on screen together. Um, Peter Peter Sellers and Britt Eklund, it just they were married and shouldn't ever be on see, on right. screen together. <laughs> and I assume George C. Scott and I can't remember her name. I can't either. Yeah. She was she was in the changing. She played yeah. the realtor. But anyways, for me, it's I Go love ahead. the characters on The Shining. Right? Yeah. Individually. Yeah. There was no chemistry to me. Like if you watch it again, I mean, there's just it's it's Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. The kids just kind of an afterthought. Although you know Shelley Duvall tries to play that motherly, but she's like really engrossed in herself because she's so frightened by this. Not not really, you know, until the end, really just gets in front and says, "Hey, you know, you're not doing this." You agree with that? I do, but I think that's probably a strength that the the divisiveness of the characters uh, reinforces what they're trying to do with the storytelling. I think, yeah, it seems to me like Kubrick maybe did isolate them too. Uh, oh yeah, he certainly isolated the child from all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, there's the story that he, is, he said this is not a horror movie; it's supposed to be right, just a fun movie or something. Yeah, yeah. so the uh, kid didn't realize what was really right. going on. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. No. on set the day the elevator doors opened. Right, so. I guess he didn't actually see the movie until he was seventeen. <laughs> so. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, here, here's what I and going back to the characters, I I think the the apparitions of the past caretakers i thought there was so much more that brought more of the story to me between um watson or whatever his name was the grady yeah grady yeah. and and jack that to me was some awesome acting that's a great moment when he's yeah. they go to the men's room and he has this drawl about him and he just explains how <laughs> Needs to correct his daughters. <laughs> exactly. I, I I love those scenes, but it was um, you know between the three main characters because they are isolated, and that's basically who you have. Right. And then I think in the book, like, doesn't the uh, the cook or the chef like he Halloran. has a bigger part in this? Does he? Believe I don't know that that could be yeah. I, like we said we haven't we haven't seen it. The bartender scene is good too. Oh, it's great. Those interactions like Grady and the bartender. Um, uh, fantastic. Well, I, and I liked it because he is a he, he's a recovering alcoholic, and mm-hmm. and you know he's he's drinking air, but he's getting drunk on this kind of darkness. And mm-hmm. to me, that was really cool about it. Absolutely. So, uh, the a very important moment uh, for in the movie to me is not that he's mad. There is something happening here when. Um, Shelley Duvall knocks him on the head with a, a bat and drags him into an ice locker and pins the, the heavy door. He is locked away. There's no way he could get out. He, right. he would survive on the food in there, but there's no way to get out. The hotel lets him out. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's actually the victim. They're all victims. He, he's the main character, and he's the, the face of... The darkness that is coming after this family but he is also a victim no i i get that and that's a great perspective on that and you know that's the fact that but but he lets the darkness consume him if totally. you will because it's like grady's out there saying okay do you you gonna do this yep. oh you bet i will oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah he's really taunting him yeah absolutely uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he doesn't seem to have any remorse because he's so angry with Wendy that he's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, oh, the kid? Yeah, I got that taken care of, too. With relish. <laughs> right. I thought there was, um, 
there was kind of a dichotomy in everybody's performance in this movie, except for Nicholson. I, I thought Nicholson kind of was the same throughout the whole thing. The kid I thought had like moments of greatness, like uh, his the Tony voice. He, yeah, he could be he could be very terrifying in this movie. But then there were parts of it that I thought he just overacted, and and maybe that's because of the way Kubrick directed him. If Kubrick did like isolate him from this and didn't really tell him what was going on, and he said, "Hey, just make a scary face in this in, the, yeah. in this," that's the, the, the what I got out of him. And Duvall. Um, and I guess let's let's just talk about the kid for, 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 to start out with here. But I just got this sense that like he was either like a ten or a like a three in this movie. Like some of the scenes, I was like, uh, you know, this kid is is uh, is amazing. And maybe it's because you know in the last couple years we've had just some amazing child actors in horror movies. Like you look at us and uh, Those some of the kids are all the kids. In yeah. Movies, right? uh, some of these, some of these movies that have uh, come out recently, the, these child actors are amazing. So maybe to compare that to somebody for, from 40 years ago, isn't, uh, isn't really fair, but uh, I just, I thought there was, there was like a real uh, like dichotomy of, of whether he was good or not in the movie. And, and I got the same thing out of Duvall. She was uh, kind of, some of her scenes, she was, uh, it just seemed like she was uh, going through it and smoking a lot. And then, <laughs> and then at the end, you know, towards the end, the last quarter of the film, I, I got why they say she had such an amazing performance in this film. Um, you know, initially, when I'm when I was watching the first like maybe half to three quarters of the movie, I was like, why did why does everything Shelley Duvall is so great in this? She's just kind of quietly uh, whimpering around in this movie. At the end, she she really turned in an amazing performance. I thought so too. I I, I, I it was very melodramatic. Mm-hmm. She just it, it didn't seem very motherly. I mean, she she her characters almost seemed to that she's overprotective of Danny. But yeah. she didn't get that way until <laughs> right. the end of the movie. I, and again, because of what Jack did or, or allegedly did or what in your mind when he was drinking, yeah. uh, when he was just boozing it up like you wouldn't believe that she would just be this overbearing, protective mom. And then yeah. again, at the end, yeah, she did that. She did exactly yeah. what you expected her to. But, it, it, you know, it was that up and down kind yeah. of performance. Yeah. Although, this is a go ahead. interesting movie in that I think there are some intentionally planted anachronisms um, and there are some well-known ones um, that everybody is just okay with. Uh, how are you guys um, the just being okay with the anachronisms? So uh, that, you know, you know, I, I've got some questions about it because I don't really understand it. Like the, the, the difference when when he get when he has the interview, the guy's name is Charles Grady, right? And then you, when he's talking to the guy in the bathroom, that guy's name is Delbert or Dilbert Grady. Delbert. Delbert. The murder was supposed to happen in 1970, but then this guy seems like he's from like the 20s or something mm-hmm. like that. What what's going on here? That, I don't know. <laughs> and that's um, just, at the beginning, Jack hasn't uh, had a drink in four years, and mm-hmm. then when he's at the the bar of the hotel he's he has him pour him a glass of bourbon and says here's the six miserable months and all the miserable harm it's done me right uh there are oh and uh they they do that beautiful like 70 mil uh pan down on the miniature of the maze of the hotel yep and 
it shows where it is in relation to the hotel. And then when they show a great exterior view of it, there's no maze. It's not there. It's not there. It's not, you know, so. Couldn't CGI it in back then, I guess. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of questions like that. And for a director so entrenched in details and, you know, he, he takes 400 takes for all of these scenes, uh, known for just kind of like the abuse of, of his, uh, actors in in doing a scene over and over and over again. Uh, it was surprising to me how many details, uh, were either, it must, it must be intentional. I I, I don't know. Like, like you're looking at a, a shot. I know there's like one scene where I'm looking at a shot of Jack Nicholson. It was when, uh, um, Wendy comes into when, when he tells her to never come in there if she hears typing. Don't come here if in here if you don't hear typing. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's talking to her, and there's like a, a whole like desk and set of chairs behind him that disappears as you know. And this kind of stuff happens in movies because you mm-hmm. have reshoots and stuff like that. But you think like for someone so obsessed with details and getting things perfectly right that Kubrick would would have got that right. So I don't know if that is on purpose or what. Yeah, at least they didn't put a Starbucks coffee in the scene. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, that's, that's obviously phones. unforgivable. Did we ever find out if that was paid advertising? Or no, that, that was, was not paid. <laughs> that was, that was somebody was screwing because up. Because they did the same thing at the very last episode where they had a water bottle yeah, in there. exactly. So. No, they screwed that up, and um, it wasn't a Starbucks cup. Starbucks just got like a billion dollars worth of uh, advertising from it, so. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's it, it's a good movie. It's a good watch. Um, again, it, I, yeah, it's a classic. But um, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you haven't seen, to me, it would be the one you start out watching. If you're just getting into yeah. horror movies, there's not a lot of blood and violence in it. There's some right. some really questionable content. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's some. It's intense content. I mean, yeah. like it, I wouldn't show it to a kid either. You know, no, I, there's, no, no, there's, yeah, there's the absolutely. nude scene. There's the furry. Sure. Scene yeah. What is with there. the furry? I don't know. What, what was that supposed to be? <sighs> I don't understand what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's spooky. It's certainly <laughs> well, it's it's certainly is. strange. Yeah, I is it like um. It, it, that is scene that is almost like a, a furry. That's well, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> oh, now yeah, we wouldn't know that. Okay. <laughs> no, I, you said furry. I didn't say furry. I mean that that whole that whole scene, like the uh, the whole montage there or whatever. It's, it's almost like a nightmare or something. Like things you would just random things you would see that are disturbing and disconcerting and and might be in a nightmare or something like that is that's kind of what i took out of that scene part of the descent into madness or something yeah or like it was like uh you know there was that party that he went to is that the kind of uh um i don't know disturbing things that went on at a high-end event like that i don't i don't know i was i wasn't sure what to make out of that i uh, i've never been able to figure that scene out or what exactly is going on there but uh um I don't know. I think I think the, there's some things that this movie did very well. Obviously, the the you know use of the of the cameras, the shots, mm-hmm. Kubrick's directing is 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 amazing. Uh, the, there are um, you know inconsistently really good performances from Duvall and the kid, and uh, right. you know I think overall, if you don't try to see it as as what I'm trying to make out of this is a like I see I like to see a movie where a character changes over time, and you see this like this descent or whatever. And if you don't look at it like that, Nicholson's performance is pretty amazing. He does he does a great job. He turns in a, a Jack Nicholson performance on this, you know. Um, and uh, I think that uh, 
the it did a really good job of of kind of showing the isolation and uh, insulation of winter. For sure, you know, like how snow and and cold can trap you somewhere and yeah. isolate you. Yeah, I got and, that. It, it, you know, it's that dread. That it, just, it is. You yeah, just, yeah. You can't you know? go anywhere. You can, nobody can reach you. Exactly. You know. So I think it did a really good job of that. And actually, this movie did actually give me a little bit of a chill. I watched this movie once. Um, and I went, um, upstairs and it was, there was a blizzard and I was like, Oh, this is a little, little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so it wasn't like one scene or anything that really scared me, but it was just like the overall sense of, uh, like isolation and, uh, um, and, uh, and, you know, uh, win- winters, um, trapping of you that, that kind of made me uncomfortable, after I watched it one time. So I did get that, but as a whole, I don't think I don't, I don't point to a scene like the hook scene in, in, in chainsaw where he, where I was like, Oh, you know, that, that is a scary, scary scene or the, uh, the, where he chops him in half and bone tomahawk or so there's not a scene like mm-hmm. that, that really like disturbs me or, or gets me, uh, or sca- really scared me. But as an overall, I can see how there's like this overall sense of dread and and uh, claustrophobia, and and it creates that, and and it can be effective at scaring a person like that. I agree. I I, I think that the the feeling of the movie is a horror movie because mm-hmm. because of the dread, the isolation, and and this descent into madness from one person that's being overtaken by these dark forces. Obviously, this thing is is more evil than anybody realized. That these spirits, the the paranormal aspect of it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's to me that's one of my favorite scary movies. It's like paranormal activity, and mm-hmm. you know, sorry to get all paranoid nor, nor, <laughs> right. but to me that that was the great part about it and it, it, that's why it's a classic horror movie because it it, it took all these different elements and in, in real life the social commentary on a family struggle with alcoholism because it's sure. not just the person that's an alcoholic the family is affected sure whether mm-hmm. it's a mental or a physical type of abuse which you got a sense of yeah. so i would say for me it's a solid two and a half. It's a must watch on any horror movie. Do not try to overanalyze it because, you know, we'll have discussions like this of you love that aspect of yes. it. For Andy and I, it was just more like, eh. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably give it the same score um, just for myself. I get that it's a classic. I get that it's a, but just like Jaws, it's not my favorite movie either but it's i can uh, i can appreciate <laughs> i love jaws i know you got to come back and talk about that because well, uh, well, jaws, jaws is a fun movie but like for me i'm from the west coast yeah. i'm from the ocean so i you know the, the the statistics of getting eaten by a shark even though you've been hearing about it in the news right. recently is really low and you're just like yeah, yeah that's a man- mechanical shark the statistics mm-hmm. of getting uh attacked by a ghost are pretty slow low too but i'm pretty afraid of that so good point that's <laughs> a great know, point. i don't know but spend disbelief see, all right and just not to get off topic here but with jaws i always thought i wasn't scared of it because i don't go in the ocean very often <laughs> and i'm I, I i don't know like i don't know sharks don't scare me that much i i scuba dive and i've actually seen them and i was i don't know maybe i should be more scared of them but uh anyway uh, but i i get that this is a classic movie that that uh and it's got its place in history but uh that that's about what it does for me so you you must you must give it a 5 or, i do yeah. i give it a 5 mm-hmm. despite um the anachronisms that do bother me a little bit the really lazy dispatching of dis- dick halloran and um 
You know, can we talk about that for a second? Sure. I mean, that this guy flies all the way from Miami from his sweet bachelor pad. Sweet, sweet pad. His paneled bachelor pad in Miami just to get hit with an axe. What was the point of that? Not only that, he has to arrange things <laughs> yes! with people to get a snowcat. He takes a snowcat in the blizzard yeah. up to the Outlook. And, and just, then he just takes it in the chest with an axe. It's just lazy writing that they're like, oh, we needed to get a vehicle up there. And oh, that's true. They would have needed that because needed yeah, because that's how that's how he sabotaged the other that's one. That's how Wendy right. and Danny yeah, got yeah, out. That's so, how they got hey, out. that's okay. at a perfect. All right, that's that, let's, let's, took... let's throw a little shock into that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, it's really the only death in the movie, though. Right. Yeah. Unless you, I mean, if you count the twins, but well, it's no, it's that, the only that, person that that was the yeah that was just the paranormal aspect of it. Yeah, those were Jack that happened decades prior. Right, right. So yeah, really the only person that Jack kills in this movie is, is Dick Halloran. So. Um, maybe they needed that as well. Somebody had to Somebody die. had to die. <laughs> I guess. That's yeah, the true it, horror movie yeah, right there. Make it the right. black guy. <laughs> right. Oh, geez, terrible. Um, so are you looking forward to seeing that Doctor Sleep? Thank you. That's exactly where I was hoping uh, that was going. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited for it, except um, what Andy was just speaking to, the the isolation and the, the dread and the location. I don't think Dr. Sleep is going to have a chance at that element. But the rest of it, I believe in Ewan McGregor, and I believe in the team that's putting it together. I have my fingers strongly crossed. So is it a sequel to the movie or the novel? Right. Because okay, Great so question. this is this is a book that Stephen King wrote, right? I mean, sure. Doctor Sleep is a, a book Stephen King wrote. Yep. But bestseller. So, I think there's a lot of people like you and me who've never read this novel, and for for them, The Shining is this movie. And if he starts putting all sorts, if if Doctor Sleep has all sorts of elements of the the book in it, it's not going to make any sense, is it? No, no. If all of a sudden <laughs> it's, there's no hedge maze and they talk about the hedge animals or the explosion of the outlook hotel that right. is the ending of the book um and you're expecting the outlook to still be there it doesn't make sense yeah and it seems to me in the in the trailer of dr sleep it it focuses on the shine you have the shine right. like because at the beginning right. of the movie danny learns that he has a shine you know and true and and that's another you know that's that's another thing we could talk about is that i think that's kind of uh, minimized in the in the movie they, they don't really talk about his powers in that that aspect it's more of him just being a you know if, if you really didn't know better it's more him just being kind of a creepy kid than uh right than really having these powers that are, and from what i've read uh that's him in the future right tony is him in the future like trying to talk to himself in the past is that is that the, the what the deal is i have no idea i, th- I think that's the case so I'll be real interested to see Dr. Sleep. I'm going to go, I'll go see it. I'll go see it with you. I if you would want. love that. <laughs> we can go so, see it. Well, yeah. awesome, man. Great right. discussion. So we got a two and a half from me, two and a half from Andy, and Carlo's giving it a five. That's Correct. a perfect score. Nice <laughs> favorite, favorite movies. It is. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, next week, episode number 20. Again, we're going to do it a couple of days early. Nicole Adams says Cabin in the Woods because this is listener's choice. And uh, Jason Pennington, we're still trying to figure out Open Grave or Open Graves from 2014. Yeah, it's a zombie movie. It's one of the two. Well, we we got the right movie. Yeah. We know what we're, we're supposed this is to. It's a zomcom. It's not a zomcom. No, it actually looks pretty. I, I'm not a not a big zombie movie guy, but I'm actually interested to watch this one, Jason. I'll, we'll watch it and see how it goes. Excellent. Thank right. you so much you for much. Uh, coming in, Carlo. Andy, we'll see you next week. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Horror Forey podcast.